welcome back to another episode of the Government Transformation Podcast. Today, I'm joined by friend of the pod, Deepak Shukla, who is Data and Analytics Lead for Public Sector at Amazon Web Services. So we're talking today about unlocking value from data and generative AI to enable connected government. This is a really hot topic in government digital transformation right now. And Deepak provides some really interesting use cases for this technology in the public sector and shed some light on where he thinks government can and should be exploring this area. As ever, there's lots to dig into, so let's dive straight in. Hi Deepak, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you, Sam, for inviting me along again. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. So really looking forward to exploring the many varied aspects of connected government, particularly through the lens of exciting technologies like AI. I think in the current context, when governments are under pressure to deliver services very, very quickly and with a lot of pressures, social economic challenges, it's really important that they seek new innovative ways to provide these um, key public services. Um, so really keen to dig into all of this. Um, but before we get started, let's start at the very beginning. Deepak, appreciate you've been on the podcast before. But for the benefits of our listeners who may not have heard those episodes, could you introduce yourself and AWS and how you work with the public sector? Yes. So hi, everyone. Deepak here. I lead uh, data and analytics for UK and Ireland public sector at here at AWS. My role is to actually bring in all the latest thinking, thought leadership, innovation AWS is bringing in across the globe for my customers in the UK and Ireland, especially in public sector areas. Uh, so I cover central government, healthcare, local government, and and, uh, education sectors uh, within our public sector. And uh, yes, I mean, AWS is doing some great work across public sector. Our cloud platform is becoming more and more popular and being adopted by almost all the government and large government organizations. Um, and what I'm doing now is to actually, you know, drive more value from the data that sits within the cloud platform, you know, and try uh, new and innovative ways of, you know, exploring out of the possible for our customers. So Deepak, AWS hosted a table on connected government at our recent mm -hmm. data transformation summit, and you yourself sat at a table on data strategy, strategy looking specifically around emerging technologies like AI. So keen, I guess, to marry those two insights together over the course of our conversations and, and get a sense of how AI can better connect government. So Deepak, if I can get you to cast your mind back to the summit, what are some of the key lessons and themes around data that you observed during your roundtable discussions? And did you get a sense of the sort of approaches departments are looking at? when it comes to building a better connected government and kind of what practical inputs did you hear on the day? Yeah, I think first of all, I must say the whole format of the Government Data Summit was really good uh, where you had those, uh, you know, uh, roundtable discussions. You know, it helped us in having more deeper and meaningful conversations with our customers around certain issues and challenges. So it was really good and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think my colleagues in AWS, they enjoyed the whole format and the conversations we've had there. A few themes which I collected. Of course, I think data and AI was the key theme across tables, I will say, because uh, this is becoming so important for the government and public sector to drive more effective and efficient government. But few things which jumped out and I made a note of uh, during the conversation was, you know, number one was how uh, demographic plays a role, right? So one of our participants came in and spoke about you know, people in their mid-20s and 30s have a different relationship with the data and these advanced technologies as compared to the people and citizens 
who are in their mid fifties and sixties, right? And what we need to do, you know, as we evolve and bring in new technologies, be it AI or digital technologies, we need to ensure that we are looking at that demographic element of the users, right? So that was one. The second, you know, good thing, which I heard about, and we do preach a lot around that element is around how context is becoming very important, right? What's happening now is, you know, information is flowing into different contexts. And, and what we now need to look at doing is we need to look at mastering the, the flowing information in different contexts so that it adds value throughout the data lifecycle, right? So that is something that was discussed a lot. And yeah, I think absolutely from, from data perspective, AI was another topic which, you know, came up a lot during the conversations. Yeah, but it was interesting to hear our customers talking about various themes around how they're adopting modern data strategies and what's the evolution looking like and more and more around that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's interesting just to kind of echo what you said. I think one of the one of the key takeaways I heard was that there is more information, more data out there, kind of untapped potential, but it's just kind of getting the insight from that is kind of where we need to be headed next because there's just so much opportunity to kind of make the most of it but I guess picking up on your kind of your, your what you were saying about kind of hearing about these different modern data strategies across your your discussion tables what were some of the observations that you had about how government organizations are, are really looking at this strategy particularly with the emergence of AI and what impact do you think this will have on government yeah look I think I must admit the whole generative AI wave that has come up recently in the last six to nine months it has indeed disrupted the industry right uh, especially the data organization because we all look at you know the fancy outcomes and things you know which are being enabled by ai and generative ai but we must remember data is the foundation for you know these ai solutions and the generative ai solutions we are looking at we can create short term excitement with the outcomes of generative ai and kind of getting good content and uh, you know and exciting images and videos using some of these technologies but if we do not get the data foundation right in the long run we'll start losing interest in these, you know, solutions, and we'll start seeing these deviating from the core objective, you know, we set these things up for. So there was some good discussions, you know, on the sidelines of the, you know, the roundtables where, and, and in the past few months, I've been engaging with a lot of customers around, around how do we evolve data strategy to support AI and, you know, the recent wave of generative AI, right? And there are a couple of things which, you know, I've been discussing a lot with our customers. One is around bringing that product mindset in to the mix is really, really important as you're evolving, you know, modern data strategies and the data products and the AI products or Gen AI products we are developing on these new platforms. It is important to have the product mindset so that whatever you are building, you've got the ability to kind of package it up and kind of put that onto sort of a marketplace where not only your organization or department is using it, but any other organization or department, given they follow the right, you know, security and access processes could, you know, benefit from that, right? So that is really important. Otherwise, we'll see a lot of siloed products solutions being built in different parts of the department where we could have been more smart in driving more cohesive and coordinated outcomes. So that is one. The second big thing which is coming up is 
around the role of the CDOs and the chief technology officers. So, so the chief data officers and the chief technology officers, they now have an additional responsibility to educate their C-suites, the CEOs, the CFOs, and the COOs of these organizations, as well as head of digital, right? To make them understand what these generative AI technologies are, what is AI and how data is important into the mix, what these new terminologies, which are floating all across like large language models, foundational models, Models, machine learning, what does that mean and what the implication of this is going to have within their organizations and the mission of their organization. So they've got an additional role to play in the mix. And the way I see some of these future strategies evolving, right, the CTOs and CTOs are going to play a more active role in defining the organizational strategies, not just a data strategy, right? So what we are looking at doing in the future, moving from having data and AI as the foundation for the organization to having data data and AI being the driver for the future business strategies and the future organizational strategies. So these are the few things that, you know, we are observing within the industry and the role we see data and AI playing in the future. So actually ensuring that the data is, is kind of being seen more holistically throughout the organization. It would be interesting to see, I guess, because I heard one of, one of the things I heard at the summit was that, you know, a lot of CDOs are, are still not really being given kind of a seat at the top table. So just curious to ask you, like, where do you think, what, I guess, what happen if that they don't really kind of get that top seat at the top table are they still able to kind of enforce that strategy around data more holistically or are you increasingly seeing CDOs kind of being given kind of more influence over a holistic strategy at all that makes sense. yeah no I mean look the thing is they will have to right given you know the price for this is too big to ignore right so it is not uh, no longer an option for CDOs or the CTOs to be given the top table it is a necessity now right otherwise you know some of these organizations are going to lose out on to some of the advancements they could make within their organizations and others will, you know, leap forward. So, so that's something that's happening. I think it's going to take some time, but the conversations I can share from my own practical examples, I've been asked to kind of do uh, AI for dummy sessions for some of the senior executives, right? And uh, explain people around what this is all about and kind of simplify or oversimplify it for execs who are not, do not have a strong data or AI background, right? Which is a hard, hard work, right? Which is a lot, you know, hard, hard work. But, you know, for me as a, you know, as an advisor to our customers, running a session, a couple of sessions is not going to make that impact if the CDOs, CTOs, and some of these leaders are championing this and explaining this to their own organization and regularly doing that, right? So that is what we need to look at as a part of this. Yeah, really interesting. So yeah, I wanted to touch a bit more on kind of the current context, because we are, as you said, seeing AI really dominate a lot of the conversations in, in government transformation and kind of we've seen the recent announcements from the prime minister around generative ai and increased government investment into ai solutions how do you see the uk public sector adopting ai and gen ai within their operations yeah look i think uh, you know recent announcements from prime minister created a lot of buzz and brought in a lot of energy within the uk public sector right so it's really good to see you know the leader of the country kind of advocating and again and again advocating and you know trying to make uk the ai 
AI superpower and build that global AI hub within the UK. It's really good. And with a lot of investments, he's pouring into this uh, area. Of course, I think from a government perspective, they see a, you know, a huge positive and value from these technologies. If I look at the UK's previously released uh, national AI strategy, right? So that was a bit light on responsible AI part of it, right? Uh, they had some mention of, oh, we need to do this responsibly, right? But if you look at the recent announcement from Rishi Sunak, he's talking about, he's kind of balancing his excitement from the future of the AI to also recognizing the risk and threats it could bring in into the society and the communities and the country, right? So, and that's where he's also promising a lot of investment into the research within making AI safe, secure, and more responsible in the UK, right? So I think overall, this is, I feel this is a really good news for the UK public sector. And, um, you know, and what we are looking to do from a UK perspective is we want to be at the forefront of this technology rather than playing a catch-up role uh, while others will, you know, take it forward. So overall, I see this as a really positive news. And with these investments, we are working with the government across the board on various initiatives in this space as well. I think we'll see some really good positive outcomes coming out in the next few months. And can you, I guess, delve into some of those ethical concerns around AI? Because this is, there is a lot of conversation happening at the moment with regards to that. What recommend, recommendations do you have, Deepak, to ensure that this technology is, is implemented ethically, but also effectively? Yeah, look, Sam, the responsible AI and ensuring that we are adhering to ethics, uh, you know, from an AI perspective is not just a technology challenge, right? So if you ask me a question, yes, you know, if everything that we've launched at AWS and I see across industries, we have ability to detect bias, right? We have ability to explain what's being built using some of these AI algorithms and solutions. Uh, but technology is only going to take us, you know, so far, right? What it actually needed here is a lot of work around introducing some regulations around AI, also introducing and, you know, building some diverse group of individuals and, and communities and organizations who can actually look at AI holistically, right? Because something which works for one sections of the society doesn't work for other, right? If something works for, you know, males, right? Females might have a different point of view around that. And same thing works, you know, around racial and some of those challenges as well. Now, we've seen AI is solving world's problems, right? We are using AI to, you know, combat poverty. We are looking at net zero and looking at, at achieving some of those goals and AI is accelerating that part. There are a lot of good examples of how healthcare is being benefiting from the recent advancements in machine learning AI and with Gen AI further accelerating value. But we also know that, uh, you know, a lot of these AI solutions, they've got gender bias baked in, they've got racial bias baked in. We've seen the floating picture of Donald Trump getting uh, arrested and, you know, Boris Johnson getting arrested. So we can see that how Gen AI can, on, on one hand, deliver a lot of value, but on the other hand, create misinformation and that too at a rapid pace, which has implications on the society and, and, and people and generations. So we need to balance this out. I think one of the good thing around ethics is, especially in Europe, if you look at that, European Parliament has recently passed the AI Act, right? Of course, it's going to take a few years before that, you know, gets implemented, but that's a really good move. And, you know, uh, I was reading through the the, the the Act and they're looking at certain things, right? For example, the text that is generated by generative AI you know, there is a call to actually tag that it as is, right? So so what is the human-generated content and what's the machine-generated content? We need to start doing tagging around that. But there are also regulations to look at social scoring as well. So as an individual, there are 
ask to ban social scoring because if somebody scores somebody based on their social behavior, it could impact their mortgages, insurance policies, and the various other things, right? So there are a lot of ethical and some of those deeper concerns and challenges coming up, which we need to look at as a part of this exercise. I think UK will, you know, I, I'm, I know they're already starting a process around bringing more regulations and ethics with some of the prime minister's announcements, you know, there'll be more push around that. But if we bring some of these regulations in and build some of these communities of diverse individuals who are looking at and governing these AI solutions, I think we are up for a really exciting time in the future. I guess just to take it back to a more a more practical level, I guess, but I mean, at the summit, you had an opportunity to speak to a really wide range of different government departments, organizations. What were some of the key kind of challenges or concerns that you heard from them around the emergence of AI? Look, I think um, in terms of concerns and adoption, I think I, I actually, you know, at the summit and over the past few months, I've met like, you know, three kinds of customers, right, or uh, officials, right? Number one is they're very excited about this and they are like tech savvy, you know, you know pro AI and, and they want to jump on to Gen AI straight away. You know, in fact, one of our the largest public sector organization we are working with, you know, they've launched three separate POCs around Gen AI with us. And, uh, and, and what they're looking to do is they want to be the first one to do this, right? So this is really good to see from a public sector organization coming up and looking at, at these things. And they want to learn from this rather than learning from someone else's experience. Right. So that's like one area and one kind of customers we are engaging with. The second kind of customers are more, you know, focused around the data part, right? What they're saying is they recognize that data is the one which is important for these AI models to succeed in long run. And they are engaging us to get their data strategy and their data platforms ready to support Gen AI before they jump onto the Gen AI and the AI bandwagon. And there are third categories of, you know, customers who are like looking at this as a buzz and just quietly observing what's going on. And they would like to see what is it that you know others are going to bring on to the table and based on that start adopting some of these solutions right so these are like the three kind of diverse group of people we are meeting with but one thing is for sure right the based on the industry estimates we are expecting generative ai and some of these AI technologies contributing to around $7 trillion into the global GDP over the next 10 years, right? So there's a lot of science which has gone behind, you know, making these bold uh, estimates and predictions. So this is something which cannot be ignored at this stage. So we need to look at ways of how do we keep an eye on this, even though we are part of that third category of customers, we just need to ensure that we are kind of getting ourselves ready, you know, for some of these advancements and embracing them. It's, yeah, it's interesting to hear that there is a, a strand of public sector that is kind of jumping on, jumping on the AI bandwagon and is really keen to kind of explore that and be the first to kind of push those AI boundaries. Because I feel like, I guess, traditionally, the public sector has perhaps been more slow to, to come on board these kind of emerging technologies so it's yes 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 no absolutely and i think look some of our customers they're already using some of ai services right uh, so they see the value from some of these ai services they're using services to do facial recognition for example from amazon they're using uh document text extraction and you know ai services to do all of that so they've experienced firsthand how this thing changes you know the the, the whole operational and that's you know 
know, that's one of the drivers because they've seen success from what we call as current AI. And that's the reason why they're more excited about what Gen AI can bring for them as well. And, and hence they are jumping straight into this as well. Yes, yeah, so let's let's delve into that a bit more, I guess. So what, what popular use cases are governments looking to explore or perhaps should be looking to explore with AI? And, and Deepak, can you talk a bit about how AWS can perhaps help meet those needs? Yeah, so look, if we look at the use cases, Sam, one of our partner organizations, like one of the big partners of ours, uh, they've actually launched like 300 plus Gen AI use cases across industries, right? This is really good. I mean, they're looking at use cases across various uh, parts of the organizational value chain and, you know, where some of these use cases will drive value and, and, and make an impact, right? Which is really good. I think in terms of popular use cases for public sector, uh, based on my personal experience, a few things which are being adopted really quickly. So we've got something called code uh, auto code generator, right? So what that service does is, you know, as a technical developer in your IT department, you just need to think about the logic and the problem statements that you are looking to solve with your software. You enter that information into this tool and this comes, you know, response with the code, which you can then copy from this tool and apply it into your technical, you know, uh, environments. So it gives you a good high quality complying to all the right standards, you know, code, which is uh, becoming very, so it's actually improving the IT department's efficiencies and their ability to kind of launch software products faster. This is really, and for me, it's like a no-brainer. I think everybody should use it uh, because it's only going to help them and speed their the whole process of the way they're doing software engineering. Other good example of uh, public sector use cases is uh, one of our customers is adopting uh, and looking to do a POC around call text summarization so what they're looking at doing is you've got lengthy calls in your call centers, two hours, three hours. You put that call text into the Gen AI solution. It turns it into a hundred word summary. So what that does is, you know, is it helps you save a lot of time around listening to those two hour or, you know, drive analytics from the speech and all. But you can get a hundred word summary of what that call was all about and what the call to action for that is. And along with this, there are lots of use cases we are exploring. For example, in procurement, we are actually looking at auto-generating some of the 10 documents, right? You know, how tenders and that process is so lengthy and a big problem within public sector. We are looking at Gen AI to kind of auto-generate tenders, uh, look at vendor assessments using some of these technologies in human resources as well. Gen AI is promising, you know, you can get better candidates, better suitable for the roles. You can write better job descriptions as well for the roles you are hiring for, right? Using some of these Gen AI technologies. So yeah, so these are some of the kind of, you know, good examples of what we are seeing. At AWS, uh, we've also launched a program uh, which where any of our customers in public sector, if they want to explore about Gen AI, we are bringing a lot of investments from AWS as well to help them start a, you know, a POC or a proof of concept with a partner of their own choice. We're also uh, facilitating, we've got a program where using that program, we engage the C-suite and the leadership within our organization, you know, customers organizations to engage them into the driving strategic directions and aligning their stakeholders at the C-level for the future AI strategy. So there are some programs and these are all AWS sponsored programs, which our, our customers could uh, benefit from. Awesome. Yeah, no, I feel like I could definitely, um, I could definitely use some AI help in a lot of the things that I do. So that was quite 
quite helpful there, hearing some of the interesting tools that are being used at the moment. But curious, I guess, to know how the how the private sector can help inform and educate public sector organisations on the art of the possible, kind of ultimately helping them kind of create a better connected government environment. Are there any lessons we can take from, from there? Yeah, I think if you look at the private sector, I mean, one of the best examples I see is our Amazon.com itself, right? So, you know, generative AI... Of course, there's a lot of buzz in the industry about this now, but Gen AI is not something new for Amazon, right? If you look at Amazon.com and the search functionality we have on the Amazon.com website, it is already using generative AI capability. So to advance, you know, enhance search functions that we offer to our customers. Alexa, for example, is using large language models and generative AI capabilities to respond to the customer's uh, questions and queries and becoming more and more smart over time. So that's something that's been done. And at AWS, what we've done with some of the recent announcements and the services that we have launched across the globe, we have actually packaged some of these large language models in the Gen AI solutions, which are already being used within amazon.com and we are bringing that for our customers. So what that means is you're already getting some good learnings from how these solutions have been used in a large organization like Amazon. Some of the learnings we've got uh, from there and that's going to help public sector and whoever is adopting these services to drive more value faster and, and get more assurance on the outcomes that they are expecting from these solutions. So I think that's you know a good example of how you know private sector uh, could help into into the mix and yes so i think that is the key thing here right because at you know aws we are taking a very responsible approach uh, approach towards uh, ai and gen ai we have technology is ready to go it's already being used uh, by various parts to ensure that it's actually meeting the mission of the organizations we are working with rather than you know create a short term excitement and then we don't know where this is going yeah and that's the key i guess with making sure there is a business case because it it can sound exciting and you i guess you can feel like you have to implement it but only where it can help I guess that that's key and um, and Deepak before you leave us I, I guess I'm keen to, to kind of conclude on any other kind of themes takeaways that you had from the summit anything that surprised you any innovative solutions or hints at what the future holds in terms of how AI can kind of build a better connected government yeah I think based on the discussions I've had you know one of the quotes which I loved a lot during my discussions uh, at the roundtable was you know there was ask from one of the head of the data for a large public sector organization she was like we need to look at our organizations to design data before they design their applications right so i think that was like a really good quote i heard and actually it took me back you know 10 years ago when i was working on a large digital transformation program and then i was working as a data architect and my role was to actually do exactly the same right help design the data and connect various systems and connect various departments to drive that real-time, you know, connected government kind of, it was not a public sector customer, but it was more into the retail set, create that connected enterprise. Mm -hmm. and, and guess what? I had to actually spend about two months on that program explaining everyone what my role is, what the value of this connected data, you know, brings for the organizations. And I was building like canonical data models to drive, you know, uh, the data data at the center of the whole transformation. Um, but it took me a while to first of all convince my own uh, bosses and the customers for them to understand the value from the data, but not anymore, right? But if I see look at this today, 
you know, data is one of the first conversations we do when we start planning and shaping a large transformation. So, so which is all really good news, um, you know, from a, from a data perspective. And, uh, and I feel that data and AI are going to be the drivers for the next wave of digital transformation across uh, UK public sector, right? So that is, you know, all the new ideas and thinking we'll have to look at the way of how we can bring it into this, right? So this is, I think we are in really exciting times at the moment, especially in the data and AI world. And there's a lot more to come as well. Great stuff. And yeah, great to hear that data is finally being given the, the recognition it deserves then. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, data used to be the afterthought, right? Based, you know, uh, I spent, you know, I was talking to one of my mentors uh, the other day. Uh, we used to work on a program up in Helsinki about, you know, 15 years ago. And guess what? Our program was, my project was to actually uh, define, uh, you know, and state why data is an asset for that organization and the value data can bring and, you know, that. But at the summit, you know, one of the roundtable attendees, you know, she came in and said that data is the second most important asset for our organization. And the first most important is their people, right? So after people, they're looking at data as the second most important asset for the organization. So this is a huge leap in the in the way organizations are looking at it. And I was actually surprised to see some maturity in some of those uh, discussions as well around AI, where there was a huge recognition that, yes, this is all good for short-term buzz and values, mm -hmm. but for long-term sustainable AI solutions need to have a strong data foundation where you are able to ingest, you know, these unstructured, structured data, complex data sets from images, videos, and all, and use those advanced compute services to ensure that the whole platform is, is there to support the vision that you are displaying for your stakeholders, citizens, and, and the communities. Yeah, yeah, no, really interesting. And, and yeah, great to hear that the data is really becoming kind of front and center of those really driving those um, transformation programs in, in government. It's a, yeah, definitely watch this space. It's just going to get more more interesting i think as the as the months and years go on but deepak no really appreciate you coming on the podcast again always great to have you um, and thank you so much for your insights oh thank you it was my pleasure again all the best <laughs> yeah great stuff